Welcome to Warp Zone, a podcast on sci-fi, philosophy, religion, politics, gaming, and anything else to Woo! I'm Ben Benassi. I'm Tara Smith. Hello. Hello. We are in... Uh, a different room, basically, <laughs> but slightly similar yeah. to the first room. Which and we room? are together. <laughs> we are. We are together. What room are we in? 401B, whereas they say we're in 401A. Hmm, still in the Fisher Library. Yep, that's right. We Do we know like why it's called the Fisher Library? Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, uh, we should find I bet someone could email us in or mm. message us and tell us. Or tell us on our Discord. Yes, exactly. Yeah, which you can get to by... Which is a happening place at the moment. Following the... Yeah, there's like two kilometers. We've, we've had to hire a moderator just to keep, <laughs> <laughs> keep the noise level down. Oh, that's funny. Um, what have we been up to? Uh, you go first while I try and gather my thoughts. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, you know how the last couple of weeks I've been complaining about how there's a different calendar between oh, ACU yeah. and Newcastle at yeah. length. Yeah. Okay. So it's complicated even further where I got the um, holidays wrong for Newcastle. <laughs> and those are the two weeks which I suggested that I do the sacred feasts uh, yes, early <clears throat> yeah. and also fill in a lecture for ACU as well. So I have three extra lectures in that period. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I've got extra time. And then last Wednesday, speaking to Tim at Newcastle, he said, no, there's no holiday in <laughs> two weeks. It's happening in six weeks' time. Shit. Yeah. So um, the last week I have slept very little, even for me, and I've written the two hourly lectures mm-hmm. um, and seminars. So they're like four-hour blocks over a week, so it's eight hours worth the of material. The food stuff. The food stuff, yeah. yeah. So I've written that, that eight hours of material. Plus I've written um, Julia Christeva's um, lecture, which is on objection, which is kind of a hard concept to... Mm, to I think you're telling me about that to do with the mirror stuff. Right. Yeah, it starts with Lacan's theory of yep. um, looking at the mirror and you get shaken from yourself um, and you become a, an, another being. Do you like looking in the mirror? <laughs> Me? Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> I hate it. I purposely don't have... I've only got one mirror in the bathroom. I never get dressed like oh. look at myself in the mirror, and, and except for reflections in car doors, because don't you think everyone looks better in the reflection yeah. in car doors? Yeah, yeah. So I just limit myself yeah. to ref, like kind oh. of like faded reflections. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't... I don't um, like, uh, hang on, there's a pop-up on my computer that says something about, no, about what it digitizes. What does that mean? I don't know. It's M. It's AM. It's AM. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I think my computer's that bad. Uh, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, I wrote a thing on objection, and then I'm talking, uh, I'm writing one on, on Levina at the moment as well, mm-hmm. plus I've done the material for going back to ACU. Um, Will you be able to physically do it, though? Yeah, I'll physically be able to do it. <laughs> it's just hard. It's going to be... Mentally yeah, hard. Mentally draining, yeah. yeah. So it's it's going to be very difficult. So everybody wants a piece of you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just come... You, just, you have to, like, whack it off all the yeah. <laughs> And then I've got marking to do on top of that as well. So I've got um, 45 students at ACU that have to mark. Fun, fun, um, fun. Yeah, and then the shop's been a little bit busy, which is good, but it's um, hard... Oh yeah, how'd you go with the, uh, the so a bit of backstory, on Sunday I went to Bankstown Markets uh, to look at what retro goodies I could find Ben, and I've got them in my bag actually, so oh. we could do like an unbagging. Oh, yeah, let's do the unbagging. Here's the zip. Ooh, so this is a Tupperware container, <laughs> unrelated. This, what else have I got That's, in here? What's that? I've got a charger. Has it got batteries in it? 
Ooh, it's Buster Move 2 for the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I told you it looked a little scratched in the light. No, that's right. It's, it's basically Puzzle Bubble, um, which is a puzzle game I am quite good at. Nice. It's a lightning quick, ultra intense, 100% addictive arcade puzzler that's gonna <laughs> grab you and never let go. Oh god. As the balls descend, <laughs> this is sounding very sexual, as the balls descend, you're gonna need sharp eyes and quick reflexes to match three or more balls and pop them fast. And what's the name of the game again? Bust a move. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, and this one, which looks a lot cool. Oh yeah. Okay, um, so pronounce that. X Y Z. Oh wait, Y S. It's Y S. So it's Ease. Ease. The Vanishing Omens, which is a Master System game, which um, has a poster in it, which I was very excited yeah, about. Cool. And there's a battery in this cartridge. To is that normal? Games. No, it's not. So look, hmm. there's a poster. Yeah. It's a Master System poster. It's very old. This is 1980. Yeah, and that shows you all of the games that I can get from the store, my local store, my store. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. That's awesome. And what about the other? We've got also found Gumtree, like someone selling a lot of games. Um, Gumtree does my head in. Does it? Every, like, okay, so I, I messaged the guy, I'm like, okay. So Tara sends me this thing. You just sent me this Yeah, game. I sent you a link to a, someone selling all these games. It looked pretty yeah. good. Yeah, huge collection. Yeah. Right? GameCube and Saturn. Really, really good. Would be really good for the shop. Really good for me personally because I need some of those Saturn games yeah. as well. It's all going to be happy days, right? Um, sunshine, lollipops, all those different things, yeah? Mm-hmm. So I was messaged the guy and he's like giving one word responses back. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm really interested. I can pick it up Wednesday. He told me what he wanted yeah. for it. I'm like, well, that's you know a bit over my budget. Um, how about um, I come to this amount, which was like a hundred dollars less than what he was asking from a few thousand dollars. Yeah, that's not much. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll let you know." And oh that's, really? That's where it's at. And he hasn't told you. No, no. <laughs> so I don't think it's going to happen. I find it weird. Gumtree, like, there's no um, compelling factor as to why you need to sell the mm-hmm. item. Yeah. Yeah. But um, drama happened last week. So the MacBook that I sold. <laughs> for how much? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's sold for five fifty. So paid for. Sent. Sent. Wait, how much? Five hundred. Five hundred and fifty. Yeah, you yeah. thought you'd get a thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But sold, it. sold for five fifty, right? <laughs> yeah. Got to the guy. Yeah. And he writes back and he goes, "Why didn't you tell me about the wobble in the screen?" I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about, what wobble?" And he goes, "Oh, the the um the hinges. The hinge. <laughs> the hinge is broken. Yeah. It's not broken. That model has like a little bit of movement in the hinge to stop." You know, when you push your laptop, yeah, yeah. it's to so stop it's you force it down. Yeah. Like, that's normal for that model. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm like, okay, just return it. I'll refund you. The guy was really difficult. Yeah. Anyway, so it's back up for sale at the moment. Ooh. So, uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, the screen has natural wobble. When you <laughs> is, there a, um, is there an asterisk? No. <laughs> but, yeah, it's um at, it's over 200 at the moment. So, we've got three days to go. Yeah. So, we'll see. We'll see how much it gets. Oh yeah, if it gets yeah. over a thousand. Yeah, and then see it get returned back. again. <laughs> hmm. uh-huh. uh, but yeah, that's been my week. Oh, you came over on the weekend. Yeah, came over to drop off some MacBooks that I found. I think we talked about it a couple of episodes back. We found some MacBooks outside. Uh, sorry, Mac computers. Macs, yeah. Not MacBooks. The desktop more Macintosh computers. Yeah. yeah, these big bulky things in a secret spot, which I will not reveal the mm. location. Yeah. Um, so they are in Fisher Library. Yeah. In the computer lab. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume everything's up 
for grabs yeah. if it's uh, in the library. Yeah, 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 yeah. Retail stores as well. Yeah. Tara if walks if you're in, she's like, oh, look what I found. <laughs> if you're listening to Sydney University, I have not taken any uh, equipment from the inside. Um, no. So, have you checked if they work? Uh, not yet. Not yet, okay. Keep but us updated. I put it on a shelf. Yeah. Because mm. I need the keyboard and mice, which Tom said, oh, yeah, I saw them. And then left them. He's t- <laughs> he's grabbed the PC now. I don't know if he told you. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe something. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, we came over. That was yeah. fun. Saw the kittens. Love the kittens. Such good cats. You're just full of shit every time you complain about them. They are yeah. the best cats. Okay. So last night we had to close up the doors because yeah. the heater's not working. So mm-hmm. we're getting someone to come out and fix it. You know the whole new air conditioning unit. I bought. That's so right. shit. Yeah. So the heater. Anyway, they're coming back to fix it. I think. Yeah. Um, and so we closed all the doors. Jody goes to bed, like, early-ish, like, 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I'm up, you know, typing, doing things. I hear this, like, bang. <laughs> what the hell? And Jody's like, what's that noise? What was that? I walk down the hallway, and it's the cat trying to get into one of the doors, just throwing itself <laughs> at the <laughs> door. Peanut? No. So it's peanut. peanut. Oh, yeah, and that's, so he's more weighty. And he's just, like, launches himself <laughs> at the door to try and open the door. Yeah. These cats, man. No, they're the best cats. You have really high standards, mate, for cats. For one that was blind and just sort of wandered around <laughs> bumping into things. It's a good cat. Uh, I feel like you've got higher cat expectations because mm. the fact they don't bite you or poo everywhere, I think, is already like yeah, that's high good. standards that, for that cats. Is, that is two good things, yes. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so what else do I do on the weekend? Oh, I have an invitation for you. Oh, an invitation. Yeah. Thank you. I... um. Invited myself over to Ben's son's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're welcome to come. We're going bowling. Yeah. No, mm. I'm excited. I'm really bad at jumping bowling, but let's get out. How else will I get better? Yeah. Pretty um, we better kind of motor along because we haven't got much time. Mm. We've only got another hour, oh. and I think we both need an hour to be able to talk about uh, Ellison's <laughs> That was smooth. That was... <laughs> hmm. So, um, I think that's about anything else you want to talk about. Yes. Uh, do we want to do feedback? Because I don't think we did it last time. Oh, uh, yeah. You go open? Using my poor internet connection, or you yeah, can do it. I'll do it. Um, and talk about. Uh, you you talk while I do this. You tell them a story. Tell our eager listeners a story. Oh uh, well, I have been playing a Dark Soft kit for my Neo Geo, which is pretty exciting. Um, so Darksoft is this uh, software where you can... So arcade systems have different cartridges that you can plug into them, and I paid for a, a kit to be sent out for the Neo Geo, because Neo Geo games are really, really expensive. Um, one went for... I think it was half a million? Or oh, really? Two million, Just for yeah. a game? One single game, yeah. Wow. Why yeah. are they so expensive? They're rare. They're really rare, yeah. Um, so... You mean like the big like, unit thing? No, just the cartridge that goes inside the big unit. Oh. So inside the big arcade machine, right. there's like these cartridges that go in there. What so do they look like? I think I've ever seen them. Um, do they have maybe? a picture on them, like a Nintendo 64 kind of game? Some have pictures, some just have a label. Oh. And they're really... But you can't change them without opening it all up, right? You open up the, the door and you just change the I thought they all had the games preloaded onto them. No, some have really oh. big boards yeah. and some have like small cartridges which fit into boards. Okay. So this is the um, Neo Geo AES or MVS system. So I bought an MVS system. It cost a fair bit, but it allows me to put games onto it. So I now have got all of the Neo Geo games. So I've been playing um, some puzzle games on that, which mm. is quite fun. Nice. Mm, all right. Actually doing things, which I want to do, yeah. Feedback. 
This was from last week when we talked about Red Dwarf. Yes. Carol said, I bought the Grant Naylor Omnibus, Red Dwarf and Better Than Life in Melbourne in 1993 and loved them. When I discovered the television series, it wasn't as good, though I could appreciate ways in which Lister, Rumour and Cat were like the book characters. I've just discovered there are loads more books, but for the first two were all I needed. Your collaboration continues to delight. Keep it up. Oh, that's nice. That um, nice. I agree with her with some of the books. Uh, I like the Backwards book. Backwards book is really good. I haven't read any of the books. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they're, they're quite good. Uh, we also had some feedback on the Discord from Mark. Oh, about Red Dwarf. I can't remember that. Yeah. So Mark said um, a Mark Williams on on there, which is his name. <laughs> I'm just getting it up too. Yes, Mark Williams. Peterson on Red Dwarf, which is um, Lister's friend, Yeah. Is is played by Mark Williams. Who went on to be Father Brown? Mm. Yeah, and cool. also holds the name Mark Williams, who's Mark's name on the Discord, and Mark gave that feedback. Wow! Full circle. That's yeah. crazy. Which is right. pretty cool. Should we move on? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So what are we talking about? So today we're talking about a short story and a game. So the short story is called "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream" by Harlan Ellison. And it was uh, released in a journal in 1967, an issue of If Worlds of Science Fiction. And I thought this was kind of funny. He showed the first six pages to Frederick Pohl, and he said he paid him to finish it. And then he finished in a single night without making any changes from the first draft. So that night he he had to do it. He had six pages and just wrote out the rest. Um, the story, um, I'll just do a quick, I think everybody knows who Ellison is now because of our last episode on Boyne's Dog, which Ben loved. No, I didn't. <laughs> he did not love it. Um, but Harlan Ellison, uh, is an American writer, uh, known for his new way of speculative fiction, and he's described as the only living organism I know whose natural habitat is hot water, which I think is a good reminder that he is a bit of a provocateur and he does like pushing people's buttons. Mm. And this story certainly, um, I think for its time, is quite horrific. Um, the story itself centres around three, five, six characters, five humans and one computer. Uh, the characters are Gorister, uh you should say it like a computer. Gorista! Gorista! Um And so he was once an idealist and a pacifist before AM, which is the computer, made him apathetic and listless. Benny, who once was a brilliant, handsome scientist who's been turned into a sort of um, monkey figure. Uh, he was formerly homosexual, but now his sort of sexuality is being altered. There is Nimdok, which is a name that AM gave him because he likes the sound, is an older man... Uh, who don't we don't get much of a backstory in the short story, but he has a German accent in the short story. And then there's Ellen, who's the only woman who used to be quite chaste, but now has been altered to have a kind of increased sex drive. And then there's Ted, who's the narrator and youngest of the group, and he kept claims to be kind of going, uh, seems to be the most with it than everybody else. Um, and he's the main character. And so. The other central character is the actual computer itself, called the Allied Master Computer, or M, or AM. And he's a, he is often described in a masculine sense is the supercomputer. And he, the sort of set in the future where all of humanity is being wiped out by um, the computers. So I think it's after World War, the Cold War, hang on, turns into World War Three. Yep, so there's the development yeah. of AI computers, three 
three uh, major, major ones. Major ones. Yeah, US, China. China, Russia. Exactly. And, and they... Join together. They decide to all join, and then they become one, and then basically decide to destroy the human race. But AM, uh, is the, that is that main computer interface, decides to keep five humans... Um, alive to be able to torture for all the time. And I think it's been 103 years. 108? 108 years. Uh, something like that. Uh, since that they've been, uh, since the wars happened, where they're, oh, 109, yeah, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> 109 years since the war and they've been entrapped by AM, who, who basically tortures them through various different things, depriving them of food, depriving them of shelter and keeps them alive um through uh, sort of his means. It's not really explained how he keeps them alive, but basically they can't... It's difficult for them to die, and they're basically tortured. Mm. Um, and they each sort of have a psychological thing, I think, that they're trying to battle. And what's interesting is the other thing we're going to be talking about is the game of the same name. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about the game, and then we'll try and do this... I don't know how the best way to do it. Because um, they're quite similar, but different. <laughs> They are. Yeah, look, the, the game was developed in... Sorry, if I just go to my notes. Okay. The game was developed in 1995 for the DOS system and also Windows interfaces. Uh, it, ran, it won a couple of awards, so it won the Best Game Adaption for Linear Media um, by the Computer Game Developers Conference. Uh, also, Computer Gaming World gave the game an award for Adventure Game of the Year. It's been listed on the uh, number 134 out of the best game, 150 games of all time. Uh, and is seen to be a very good adventure game by some, um, and is named the 69th best adventure game ever released. Now, if you've never played an adventure game, uh, what that means is point-and-click adventures, basically. So um, this is, it looks like an earlier iteration of some of the point-and-click adventures, where it has instructions down the bottom, like um, push, open, talk, swallow. Um, those things down the bottom, um, and go to. And so you have to click on the instruction down the bottom and then click up on the screen as to where to go. Um, when you put your mouse over something which might ha uh, be able to be interacted with, some of those words will flash up red down the bottom. They won't automatically do those things. You still have to go down the bottom, select those things, then go back up to the top yep. where the view is and um, click on them. So um, it uses... Um, does it three major engines of point-and-click adventures, which is the SCUM engine, which is uh, stands for Script Creation Utility for Manic, uh, Manic Mansion. Um, so that's SCUM that has like Secret and Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, uh, Sam and Max. Um, there's also the Virtual Theatre, which came a little bit later. Uh, this uses the Saga engine, which is not very well known. Um, there's only five games released for it between 1994 and 1997. It was held on to as a project until about 2001, and then the Scum Project actually took over it at that point. So we can now play this game um, because of the people behind Scum, um, and that's why we were able to play it uh, through Steam. Um, so I played it on the Mac, you played it on, on the PC. PC. Yep. Yeah, so it, it's a modern inspiration that we're hearing from, which means we're getting the full voiceover. Because so some of those 1995 computers wouldn't have had full MIDI um, sound chips. Yep. So we're actually getting the best experience because we're actually getting voiceover 
of the game. Which I'm pretty sure Ellison did a lot of the voice work. He himself. wrote the 160 pages of the um, uh, the entire script of, yeah. of the game. Um, plus, yes, he did um, some of the voice. Uh, I think of AM at the beginning yeah. is his voice. Yeah, yeah. So that speech that he gives. Um, so... On that speech, did you want to go first? Do you want me to talk? Because um, I think we can we can cover the religious overtones separately from the character development stuff. Yeah, definitely. And um, there's a lot of that. So maybe we could spend some time on the book first, and then we'll hmm. spend some time on the game because I think it'll get too confusing otherwise. Yeah, it's just that's so fine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool. Well, um, M, um, so AM, the computer is uh, clearly taking on some of the. Um, the terminology which is used through the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament. Um, and uh, like in the second page it says, uh, uh, but most of it I thought am as it without a soul. The rest of the time I thought of him uh, of it as him in masculine, the paternal, the patriarchal, for he is a jealous people. Him, it, God, daddy, the strange. So that's all actual aspects of um, the books of Moses, where for I am a jealous God, you should worship me for I am a jealous God. Um, there's references to mana being um, given from wherever Am is um, producing this foods to keep the people alive um, throughout that period. Then we go on to some Rene Descartes, where Am is referring to itself and its emerging intelligence. So emerging intelligence and what it meant was I am. Cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am. Mm, so it's that's where the M starts. M is a, a statement. Yeah. As and to... I don't know if this wasn't in the versions we had, but in some of the other versions it's actually got um, these punch code tape messages in the, which spell out, I think, therefore I am, almost mm. looking like uh, Morse code. Mm. And um, there's other ones that say cogito ergo sum, so it's yeah. like a major theme, yeah. in having consciousness. And yeah, so it, it, it is, and that's where those um, those computers were, uh, the, the world powers, what they've done, is they've tried to design a computer with that consciousness yeah. to prevent humanity from being wiped out, and then the consciousness realises that it is bounded by the machine of which it's been created, Yeah, and it starts to dig further and further into the the world. Mm, I think there's a line that's something like he's really frustrated and he's like, I can't wonder and I can't wonder and I, like mm-hmm. there's like things he can't do. He's been given yes. all this ability to do all these things and he's fucking pissed and that's what the whole really the short story is about. Absolutely. Him just trying to exact this revenge on these yeah. people that have created him. Am could not wonder. Am could not wander. Am could not belong. He could merely be. And so with the innate loathing that all machines had always held for the weak soft creatures that built them he sought revenge, and in his paranoia, he decided to reprieve uh, five of us for a personal everlasting punishment that would never serve to diminish his hatred, that would merely keep him reminded, amused, proficient at hating man, immortal, trapped, subject to torment, he could devise for us the limited miracles at his command. <laughs> He's pissed. <laughs> he is angry boy, yeah. He is an angry computer. Mm. And also, I like when he talks to, uh, what's the main character's name? Ted? Mm. Um, and, and it's all in caps, <laughs> cap speak. When he's in his mind, he kind of like enters his mind. Yeah. And it starts off by saying he said gently, and then it starts saying that he said angrily, and he said torturedly, and he, he's sort of like talking to Ted within his mind. And, and then I think it, he starts yelling in caps lock. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, this is at the end. 
I can't remember. There's just a part where he enters his mind, and in the version I read, it was all in caps lock. This certain section. Oh, that part is not in caps No, we can have a look for it later. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but I, yeah, I really liked the the kind of psychological aspects of of it. Like, I like the religious aspects too. I mean, this whole questioning of, you know what role does God have in our lives and this idea that God's quite vengeful and I think it's a bit of a critique on on um, God, right? I mean, and yeah. being trapped in our free will and how much we're able to do things. I mean, there's a lot of philosophical and psychological aspects. Yeah, and it also explores the, um, the question which um, scientists are still doing today about AI and the limitations of doing that once you give computers a choice, what happens? Yeah. Exactly. Um, because the computer will want to survive and will want to survive no matter what. And that's that's the, the answer. Um, the character development through both of the books is, uh, through the book, short story rather, and the game is a little bit different but similar. Yeah. So it's sort of like my, so I read a bit of an interview about, uh, like sort of discussing how the process happened. And my understanding is that Ellison hadn't really thought a lot about why each of those five people had been chosen. And when I think the game producer, the guy who started in the beginning, what's his name? Um, not Anyway, it's not important. But basically what happens was they then decided to create more in-depth backstories for each of the characters. Yeah. So in the in the actual short story, you don't really know much about the characters except for sort of seeing through the eyes of Ted and, and also, you know, from the, his perspective. Mm. Um, you don't know, for instance, that Nimdok is a German scientist, but then in mm. the book that's a lot more... Um, sorry, in the game that's a lot more explored. Yeah. And so the game kind of takes the five characters and puts them in. Each has a different scenario, a bit um, kind of talking about them um, confronting their fears or their worst desires, and that's the sort of AM computer creating them. And so the game is quite different to the book in that sense. It is, yeah, and there's, there are different um, things which are behind the scenes for, for all of them. So the four guys in the game are mm-hmm. explored um, fairly well. I mean, when we were speaking about this a few weeks ago, you said oh, yeah, that Ellen is not well developed mm. in, I gave the heads up. in the book. Yep, so there's a forewarning. Um what I found, and I think we should talk about that. I don't know if you want to talk about that now. Um, but I found in the game um, that he also did the same thing. So in the game, it gives you this little precursor for each of the male characters. Mm. And then um, when it comes to Ellen, it goes, oh, yeah, there's Ellen. And then it passes on. Like there's a whole paragraph almost of text just missing for her. Yeah. And it's just unexplored. Well, I actually um, think her story is really, like, really quite cool in the game. I think yeah. it gets a lot more explored. So basically, she her main thing, fear that she needs to face is confronting her rapist, and so yeah. she spends the so whole. So she doesn't like the color yellow yeah. because it it, it um, is a flashback for what happened in the lift with, with yeah. being raped. Now, um, so that's she's not given that introduction that all of the other players, uh, mm. all the other characters have, yeah. and I think that. Um, my concern is here that Ellison does not like women. And I know that, yeah, you said uh, in, in relation to the previous story, uh, story Boy and His Dog, that the male character had these issues. Mm. I think we're getting some sort of indication of what his feeling of women are. Yeah. Um, because he, he, he doesn't explore the woman character really at all. Not so much in the book, but I think she's limited. I mean, it's like 14 pages. It's a yeah. very short book. So do the same then for the game. And the game, he gives each of the male characters this little precursor. But, of I mean, like, game. Benny doesn't get much of a look in. He's homosexual. He's the one that's got the like the ape 
figures. You get you don't really get to know much about his backstory. No, but you you get this little precursor of um, where uh, M is like screaming at each of the characters, yeah. and then he says, you know, and who wants to play my little game? Yeah, you talking about the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm talking about the yeah, yeah. So either one. Yeah. So Ellen is not explored very well. In um, the short story, yeah, I'd say none of the characters are explored very well. Why does Nimdok have a German accent? Is what is Elisa trying to say about German accents? Um, in the first, in the no, short story, I think, I think the short story, each of the characters are developed a little bit more than what Ellen is. So you start to get a little bit of an indication. For I would disagree. I think if I looked back through, I could find less on like Nimdok mentioned less than maybe Ellen. Like Nimdok, mm. all you hear about is that he, he likes to go away. I mean, the descriptions of Ellen, I mean, she's been made in the book to have this psychological need for wanting to have sex. Well, that, that's not really well explored. And it's also... It's, it's so strange. He, he, he refers to rape um, as being bad, but then says that she enjoys it. Like, mm. And this is being spoken from a character perspective, but I think it's... It's Ellison. But she's been made to enjoy it. She's been made to... She used to be chased. So in the yeah. short story, it says she used to be chased. She, she hadn't had sex much. And then it, now she has this desire to constantly copulate, that it's sort of beyond her control. And that's mm. why she's attached to Benny, the ape kind of yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think that, that you're thinking that somebody who's writing a 14-page story with five characters, including AM, and then giving a backstory, has all this extra time to fill in everybody's no, backstory. Yeah, absolutely. And so the game is then that opportunity. Yeah, to, and he does. He to... has he has a neighbor. He has a, a black character mm. confronting her rapist. I mean, like how much more? I mean, how kind of in the intro of the that? game, he doesn't actually give that introduction. That she's not given that voice. She's not. Given but she that has the whole her whole story arc because it's equal to each. Yeah, other you characters. have to go through all the character development, but with. Yeah. With each of the characters, they're given this short introduction by M. M gives them that voice and shows their experience. Mm. So you you feel a need to connect with that character somehow, except with Ellen. So Ellen, yeah, you think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah, and I think he purposefully does it. He wrote 160 pages of of text yeah. for the game, and I think I think it's pretty cool. I mean, he also wrote the character arc where she's confronting a rapist. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think that's you just think in the good. intro you would liked more of a backstory. Yeah, and I, I think that's because and and you've said this before in the previous episode mm. that he failed to connect to women. Like he had very short relationships with women. His stories don't yeah. develop women characters very much at all. Um, it's like he's. It's almost he's lazy. He doesn't want to to confront that. that, mm. that element. I think you could take an aspect of anything and we could look back at the stories and and like okay, I, I think two things one i think he definitely could have had in the introduction of the game a little bit but i think mm. you're getting hung up on the fact that he could also have explored um african-american characters better yeah. he could have also um explored the homosexuality of um uh, benny better yep. but he doesn't really go into it so i think if we wanted to say this is a really well-rounded PC story where everybody gets a look in and they all sing Kumbaya, I think it's the wrong no, kind of story. No, 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 no. So he's, what he's done in these two stories of um, Boy yeah. and His Dog and, and this story is he's chosen to be the smartest person in the room. So he's purposefully denigrated the other characters or he's purposely created denigrated other characters mm. and then he creates a possible end for himself. So the gotcha moment in this is that the last character. You mean survive. based from not Ellison? You mean based on his main character? Yeah, and I think yeah. it's Ellison. I think his main character is Ellison. I think this Ellison sees himself as in control of the universe, in control of the world, 
But Ted ultimately has no control at all. No, but he's the only one that survives. But the game differs that way. So the game has has seven different endings. I should we just say in the book the game ends by oh in the in the book yeah ending what happens yeah so Ted basically um, they they go on this long walk to try and find um, canned uh, sorry try and find food Hmm. through the this sort of icy tundra they get chased by a giant bird and kind of like pushes them away and and they basically get tortured all the way to try and find this food and they get this whole um because basically all they've been given is like worms and stuff that they're really famished and they just see a pile of cans and they try and eat them but they can't because they don't have can openers so it's like a cruel joke yeah and then benny goes ape shit i mean and starts smashing i think nimdok's head in or somebody's head in and then basically uh ted's looking around thinking wow this has gone to shit i don't know how to escape this and he decides in a very split second to kill the character so that the suffering can end. So I think yeah. they kill all of them, but he kills Ellen finally, and then he's left. Well, Ellen, Ellen, and he kill the other two. Yeah, and then um, he kills Ellen. He, yeah, he he basically they, they send a message to each other through their look and yeah. gaze, and Ellen says, "No, end it basically." And so it's ended for Ellen, and then he's kept alive. By AM. AM's really angry because it's like all my playthings, like how dare you. And so AM decides to make his body into basically a gelatinous blob so he can't ever kill himself again. And he's left with, and the final line is the ninth line of the book, which is, um, I have no mouth, but I must scream. So is one of the endings of the game. So yes. that's the bad ending. Of a lot game. of the endings are bad, though. Like, yeah. pretty much all of them are bad. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. But they, they are designed as being bad to good. Yeah. And the good ending, and this is what Ellison writes, is that, okay, yeah, these people survived, and the main character is in control of the world. It's... Which version is, of the ending is that? Uh, the... I don't remember that version. Number... I thought they were all really bad Number endings. seven. Uh, the Chinese and Russian supercomputers are defeated, and 750 humans cryogenically frozen frozen on Luna are reawakened, and Earth is transformed into a habitable environment with the Overseer being the last character played. Wouldn't that be any of the characters? Yeah, but Ellison's written this... Um, what I've seen with the two stories that yeah. he's, he's written... I know Boy and His Dog, the, the boy isn't the smartest person in the room. Yeah. But he almost is. Because no, he... he's not. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's cause... not. You don't understand why he's purposely made... You're misunderstanding somebody having a flawed... Ca- two flawed characters, because both mm. him, uh, both um, Vic and um, Quilla mm. are flawed, and thinking of... And then looking at through being like, he, he's over-sexualized... Uh, sorry, she's over-sexualized... He's overly dumb, and looking at that and thinking, oh, well, that Ellison must hate women and love the main character and it's not true blood is the hero of that story you and if you read it you will realize that he is the epitome of civilization it's a joke these are the two extremes you could go but blood's the real hero i think what you're doing is you're choosing to sort of pick apart uh like read a fat look at a feminist reading of each text which i think is valuable but i don't i think then you're missing the opportunity to talk about the fact that this, you know this is such an interesting look at artificial intelligence philosophy no i think uh, it is yeah and, and we can i absolutely get onto those things yeah but the the aspect is of ellen being denigrated um, and but, the sh- but it's done generated. by the computer. The computer's taken features of you, whether it was your homosexuality, whether it's your paranoia, or whether it's your sexuality or, or sexual desires, and twisted it. So why is there only one woman in this story? 
I think that's just the way that the, the last five people were like randomly chosen. You don't yeah, really get the, to find out. The choice here is by the writer in constructing the universe that he's created. But why is there only one black character? And the black character why? is a woman as well. Oh, yeah, so okay, well why the... but why yeah, why wasn't there two black characters? Why is there why isn't there a Chinese character? That's a good question. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. But 50% of the world is, is women. Like, this is... I think you're missing the point. No, I, I, I get the point of the story. Is this, is, this is a fictional story. This yeah, isn't like... Yeah, I get it. I, yeah. I, I get that aspect. But um, what I think he fails to do is connect with women throughout the stories. And that is a failing point. And we should mention that. What if she was a female writer that was writing this story? Would you it's have any? What, let's say it was. Would you have any issue with it at all? Uh, yeah. What, why? Because she's not representing the holistic view. Do you think every time you write, you have to be representing men, women, and every religion every time no. you write a short story? No, no, no. But if you've written two stories and both of them is about a yeah, woman being raped like and, and who enjoys being raped. In both of the stories, that's... Well, I didn't get the impression she is being raped in this story. She is. She's, it's AM that's made her have no, that no. desire. She does get raped in it. She So Benny jumps on her and he... Where is it? She... She enjoys it. Oh, also, being gay and then not being gay, that's really weird. I think the, the, the idea is that AM's taking a, a characteristic characteristic of you and twisting it. Yeah. I don't think this is a nuanced feminist text, Ben. I'm going to agree no, with you on that. No, no, it's But I not. think that it is an interesting text of but all the main, these other things. the main character is sexist in this. Yeah, he's paranoid, schizophrenic, and yeah, I, I agree, he's sexist. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's... Uh, I think Ellison is also sexist. I think he can be. I don't think that that means that we need to read his text any differently. Just like no, I don't think we. Uh, I don't think we so can either. factor that in. But mm. I think that focusing this analysis all on on the fact that five one of the characters is female out of four males is just kind of missing other interesting. No, it's it's, it's just it's not just that, but it's also the fact that you know you have this character that's being developed and um, she gets raped and then she enjoys the rape. That's that's because the computer. Okay, you've also got a homosexual that then becomes straight. And he yeah. and he's copulating with a woman when you probably prefer to be copulating with male. His sexuality changed. Mm. You also have a character that um, becomes increasingly paranoid, but thinks he's not paranoid. Do you see what I'm saying? These are yeah. all different. Uh, so you start off being one way, and then AM through his psychological manipulation changes you to be a certain way. Right? Yeah, 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 I get that. So that's so that's the point. Yeah, but the last story we also read of him. Yeah. Same woman archetype, exactly the same. Well, no, I disagree. But it was a. Mo- it was a woman being raped, first time they're having sex, and enjoyed it. Yeah, because Quilla was also in an environment where she was um, using sex as a weapon and to manipulate, and he, the both ideas were flawed, just like both ideas of sexuality, uh, well, just like the idea of um, this character having it, it, it is meant to be, it's, it, it's a pl- I think you're misunderstanding a plot device as a certain view that Ellison's trying to perpetrate in his novels. I think it's just a plot device. Oh, I think I, I disagree. I don't. There's also a comment on homosexuality in Boy and His Dog, yeah. um, and then there's also a comment on homosexuality in this yes. book. Yeah. So I mean, do you think then that we could read it? I mean, we could we could read he's it. He's probably homophobic as well. He's not. He's not a nice guy. He doesn't pr- try to be a nice person either. Like this is. Yeah. It's not his persona. He doesn't try. And but I don't. I think you're missing the point of the story. I guess what I'm trying. No, to No, the say. main. The I. Uh, okay. So 
I get the main point of the story. And yeah. I think that we should talk about that aspect as well, yeah. of the AI and um, the controlling mechanism of that. And then also, I think we should talk about the elements of the game and the control schemes. And yeah. there, there's a couple of missed opportunities there. which, uh, But there are some highlights there as well. Yeah, I just I think it's a shame that you can't like uh, that you're just focusing on this single aspect when we could pick any different aspect and focus on it. We could do a uh, like a Native American reading of the story. We could look at and pick it apart for its. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we could pick any aspect of that and we could just talk about it for an hour and a half if you wanted to. But I think what you're doing is you're sort of missing the point. I don't think this is a story about. Um, degrading women. I think this is a story about a machine learning these different things and torturing humans and those humans having to battle their psychological yeah, demons. Yeah, and, no. and the idea of being tortured or in a, in a situation where you can't escape and being trapped. And there's all these other and plot devices. You're right. Um, he and, and that's what Ellison aims to do with the story. But the problem is Ellison is a flawed person mm. and he's um, in, in the process of doing that has shown what his view of women is, and that has shown up twice in both of his stories. Um, I don't so whether whether we can accept that and move on, or not, it, it's hard. It's hard. Like, do, do you? So, um, been reading a little bit of um, some extra philosophy stuff with Marco Desard mm-hmm. this week. Marco Desard talks about sexuality and these um, this group of men who um, denigrate young young men. Um, possibly boys yeah. and women, and yeah. there's no woman's voice throughout that, that yeah. process at all. So that's a, a, a really difficult thing to read yeah. in modern terms. Can we take elements from those stories and um, just take them as lessons, or you know, do we have to call them out on those things and say, well, okay, this is not right um, in, in this, this regard? Mm-hmm. And I think we do with Ellison. We have to say he's... Uh, he's made this choice in both these stories of yeah. being sexist. However, there are the things of um, um, which are mirroring the elements of religion, and I think that's worthwhile talking about. But uh, let, I, okay, I understand what you're saying, and I think this is an interesting topic, and I have difficulty with it as well. But, I mean, if you're using degrading women sexuality to make a comment about the character's sexual changing being done by the computer or you're using it as an as to create two extremes as in boy and his dog of two different realities that if we if we sort of keep going the way we're going and go in either direction that it's flawed like where do you don't you think maybe you're misinterpreting a plot device or an intentional character flaw from uh ellison then trying to degrade, degrade women i mean where do you draw the line i mean if if he had like I think he's trying to make comments about both those things. Mm. I, uh, okay, yeah, there that is a possibility that he could be doing that just as a plot device. However, these are two short stories. He wrote like so. five hundred stories. Yeah, I just um, happened to pick two where the women are great, but in these, they're also post-apocalyptic stories, right? Yeah, and both post-apocalyptic stories are drawing on ideas of society being animalistic, being um, brutal, being without any sort of humanity, yeah. and you have that in both. Where rape is a thing that's happening. I mean, like I think rape's been intentionally used in both stories. For, because of that, because mm. of like human depravity and look how far, how bad it can go. So mm. I think that you're misinterpreting him exploring those aspects as um, and critiquing them as promoting them. And I don't think it's the same thing. Mm. No, I don't think he promotes rape. 
No. I, 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 that's not what I think. But I think that he fails to show what that individual might feel in those moments. I don't so. think it's about her. And maybe that's the problem. That's the, yeah, that is the... That, but, I mean, does every uh, story have to be uh, about a women's... No, no, no. No, but in these stories, so in, in this story of, um, you know, how Anne is with these five yeah. people, those other four beings have voices. I felt like her voice was not heard enough. But, I mean, and couldn't we do this about any story? Couldn't we go back to ancient Greek and I could say, yeah. well, the Odyssey um, yeah, yeah, but that's, that's has not... terrible female yeah. characters. I could look. But do we then go, well, let's not read it? No, no, I think I don't think that you shouldn't read a story like yeah. this. But I think that you have to mention that, that her voice is not heard through this. But neither is the other characters. No, I think they are. I think they are more in the game and a little bit more in the book. But, but you think so in the game as well? I thought she, her character was, when she, maybe just in the intro, not, but in each of the character arcs, it's the same. Each character, you can play each character. Yeah. I just think you're picking holes in it to try and make Ellison bad so that you don't have to engage with the other things. It's like you're... Yeah. I think you just have a bone to pick with him. I just don't I do like have him. a bone to pick. I don't like him. I don't no, but this is interesting because how far back do we go? I mean, like, I mean, okay, there's two things. One, I don't necessarily think he's doing what you're saying he's doing. But secondly, if we're going to say he is doing it, how far back do we draw the line of what text we do or do not engage with? Oh, so I think it's okay to read any text from any yeah. time. Um, but I think we have to call out the, um, uh, the things which are wrong with those texts. Um, Heidegger, worthwhile debating and engaging with because of, you know, talking about being an, an ontology. Yeah. He was a Nazi. Yeah. He, like, he joined the Nazi party. He was a bad guy. Um, and we should mention that. Yeah, I get it. But when are you then deciding any paper you write with Heidegger being like, I just want to say Heidegger, I do not support Heidegger's <laughs> claims on killing Jewish people. Like, yeah. I just think you've also got to assume that the reader's educated as well. Like, yeah. I agree with you that that we should not just ignore these things, but neither do I think we need to have this, like, ten-page clause making sure our text is politically correct. I think these texts were written in a certain context. I think these texts were written by certain perspectives. Mm. I don't know. It's a difficult, it's a difficult question. But whether we're going to just do we look at certain artworks that we know that that artist was a bit of an asshole? Yeah, like we're looking at and being well, covering our eyes when we yeah, go to yeah. certain galleries and Absolutely. go, oh, rapist, oh, murderer, oh. <laughs> no, you're right. Hieronymus Bosch, like, yeah, it talks about well, the painting um, of Earthly Delights is, um, uh, you know, lots of sexual depravity, yeah. but there is also um, uh, there's pedophilia. Yeah, like I, I get it, I get it, um, but. We should call out those elements at, at those times when we are discussing. I think we shouldn't ignore them, but neither do I think they need to be at the forefront of every textual analysis that you do in any text, because I think it almost becomes trite. It almost likes you're just suggesting that, that each of these issues need to be brought up so you can just continue with the conversation. Hmm. But neither do I think they're ignored. I don't know what the answer is, but I think just starting each text, you just says, like, this person was uh, bad with women. Okay, now I'm going to start my analysis. It's just a bit trite. I think do a feminist reading, do a uh, gendered reading, do uh, that. That's fine. But if you just want to read, is that outdoor? I don't think that so. was my outdoor. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we could discuss this for ages. So let's talk about okay. other so, things. So yeah. Um, conclusion is a sexist. So anyway. <laughs> This is actually is taboo. All these yes. topics are taboo, yeah, and yeah. this is us actually engaging with having yeah. different perspectives on textual yeah. analysis. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, all right, so Anne. 
He's a bit of a fuckwit. He is a bit of a fuckwit. <laughs> yeah. He tortures them um, and keeps them alive. It's weird. It's 108 years. So in the, the short story, I found that I was trying to think, is this reality or is this like Matrix, you know? Oh, like, it's all similar, like, crooks. Yeah, yeah. Is, and it, it doesn't... Ellison doesn't really answer that. Like, it's... You mean you don't know whether it's internally in an actual physical place, mm. and when they're hiking to Antarctica, they're actually hiking to Antarctica? Yeah, yeah. Or is it just in their minds, and or is AM got some sort of virtual reality for yeah. them? And No, I agree. Uh, it's not really explained. Yeah, which is kind of cool, because like, yeah. it's, it's just left open to this thing. And I, I wonder what Ellison actually meant by... He wrote it one night. <laughs> Maybe he didn't well, think yeah. it through. But, but he, he wrote the game for a while, so the yeah, game is... It's almost like a fleshed out version of the story anyway. Yeah. Oh the game the game misses one thing though in that is in the story. Mm. Where the story has the characters together. Yeah. And that's they're true. engaging with each other. Yeah. Whereas the game, you're choosing one of the five characters yeah. and you're alone. I think they found it difficult to maybe explore like yeah. I mean, how would you play this game? And that's the thing I when the I forget the gentleman's name, but the first um, game designer who mm. who talked and spent a lot of time with Ellison said that when they said that he was going to do it, he was like, "Great!" He named all these Ellison stories, which he thought it might be. He thought it might be boring his dog. It's going to be a really interesting, like role playing game. And then they said, "Oh, it's a have no mouth." He's like, "That's like seven, eight, like fourteen pages. What am yeah. I going to do with this?" And he really struggled with trying to flesh this out into a game. Yeah, and then having them yeah. separated into the five story, it makes sense. I, I get why yeah. the choice was made. As uh, story out, there are uh, other adventure games which they you can have multiple people um, at the same time. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you've played any of these, but maybe we can talk about just briefly um, the elements of the physical type of game, like how they've, they've chosen to do it, and yeah. why I think the game is actually out of place a little bit. And it's unfortunate for Ellison that. He chose Saga Engine to do this because it's not. Well, a he had no idea what he was doing. That's the other thing. Yeah, like he's when not, he... a, not a game developer, yeah. but he's, you know, it's like going to a third bit software company yeah. who's come and promised something and then they've delivered something yeah. that's not great. I read just quickly. I read one of the um, one of the psychological journeys. I can't remember which character, but he has his mum or mother-in-law on a meat hook and he has to try and um, take her off. And so basically, they're like. Um, parad- oh, not paradoxes, but each setting you have to try and work out and it kind of um, connects with their psychological issue and they've got to try and finish this. And they also have a spiritual meter that mm. goes either up or down mm-hmm. and if it um, kind of goes up your chances of defeating AM at the end increase. Yep. But anyway, so this meat hook one, apparently Alison was talking about and he's like, oh, I have such a good idea. What we can do is to kind of like unhook your guilt. We can have the, the, the character lift the mother up off the actual meat hook and, okay. and kind of unhook her both in like a uh, theoretical sense and yeah. in a physical sense and the game design is like everybody's going to do that because what you do is you click on everything right yeah. so Ellison was thinking he had this like really cute like cool kind of quirky idea yeah. and the game design is like oh everyone's yeah, going to do it because yeah. <laughs> all we do in this is, is, is click 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 yeah, click yeah point and click adventures <laughs> yeah. do that yeah because you're like sitting there going okay uh, you know I'm playing as Ellen there's these five monitors what will I do oh, yeah. I'll click on the five monitors like there's nothing else to do exactly yeah. yeah and that's the way this, this engine actually works yeah. so if we track a little bit the history of how how point and click adventures work. Mm-hmm. So prior to this, you had Hobbit, those sort of things very early on. Um, basically, Secret of Monkey Island in 1990 changed things. So mm-hmm. it's the Scum Engine had very similar, you know, with your words down the bottom and a pointer moving around. Um, it's actually a really cool game. Day of the, Day of the Tentacle continues that 
that trend, so 1993. Uh, 1993, Sam and Max came out, and that changed a lot. So Sam and Max is a dog and a mouse. Hey, boy. No. <laughs> um, it's a detective story. It's yeah. actually really cool. Um, and it's voiced over as well. But the words disappear from the bottom. So what they do now is the mouse gives you different options when you're clicking on different things. So you don't have to keep uh, making okay. that journey. Did you get pissed off going yeah. down the... Yeah. So going down the bottom all the time, clicking, uh, you know, okay, I didn't mean um, go <laughs> to, I mean push. Okay, yeah. now I'll click push, then I'll click back on yeah, the object. It's a bit and then, I'll, oh, okay, I actually meant to do go to, then push. And you have to... You're constantly scrolling back yeah. and forth. It's annoying as hell. Yeah. Um, and 995, they changed all of that. So he, um, in choosing the Saga engine, all the Saga games, whether it be Inherit the Earth, um, Dinotopia, Nick of Time, Having a Mouth, they're all using that um, same interface mm-hmm. of those basically five window displays that you have. You've got your objects, you have you know a monitor or a map, um, you have your control mechanisms, and then the viewfinder up mm-hmm. the top. Um, it's a very old way of doing games um, for this period. Um, and I think for that, I struggled to play the game uh, for an extensive period of time because it was it was really annoying to play. Yeah, I don't think it's aged well. I really like the concept of the game, yeah. but I only realised that by looking up the Wikipedia page of the endings of the game because I did mm. not get very far in any of the story arcs. Yeah. <laughs> I tried all five and okay. basically um, with... Uh, is it Ellen, the girl? Yeah. I couldn't get past the second thing. All <laughs> oh, the monitors. Yeah. I looked at all the monitors and then I walked in and the Sphinx sort of yells at you and you walk back and I yeah. couldn't get any further. Oh, uh, you got to... See, that's <laughs> the problem. Okay, so you've clicked on look at the monitor. Yeah. You then have to click on push the monitor. I did, it changes the and thing. And it changes the thing. Yeah, yeah it still wouldn't let me open the door. No, nah, but then you've got a secret door out in the main... Uh, yeah. See, so I also couldn't work out where the doors and, and hallways often were. Yeah. Like, you end up just trying to forget which way you came. Yeah, so it's so, very clunky. Yeah. I found the game really hard. I mm. found it like really hard to know who to talk to, really hard to do anything. And the probably the character arc I liked the best would have been I actually liked Nimdox. I thought it was the most interesting. Mm. Um, that was like a kind of mock post Germany yeah. Holocaust scene where Nimdox was a German scientist doing all these surgeries on patients, which was quite taboo because when they released it um, in, I think, the French and German version, the Nimdox just completely yeah, wiped out. out. Yeah, because then... you couldn't have um, it's up till mid-2000s, I yeah. think, that there couldn't be uh, Hitler's books were banned in Germany. Um, the sports sticker was not able to be sold or, you know, yeah. on any sort of um, materials. It's now um, that's been lifted, mm. but I think it was it was either fifty or sixty years that they chose to hold off on yeah. on that. Yeah. The government banned it. Yeah. But um, you kind of get he can't really remember anything, and all the mm. characters are saying offense, being like, "This is what you did to me. Like, you were an asshole." Basically, I thought yeah. it was kind of interesting, but I didn't get very far in that one. There's <laughs> the ovens as well. The ovens show yeah. up in different. Things and yeah, yeah, I I mean, did you get very far in any of the story? Yeah, no, not not very far. But I watched a fair bit of it. So yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, back in the day when I would have had time to do it, yeah, I'd, I'd have that. But like, we've moved on in the world of how we do yeah. clicks. Like, there's the right click button 
there's investigate now using the left click. You know, it's yeah. more intuitive now. I like the, the book though. That was kind of interesting. So there's a book as well. You click on it, would give you. Oh like, yeah, yeah, the little bits of information. Oh, information. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. about cannibalism and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, yeah, the diary on it. That's yeah. the fifth window that I was trying yeah. to remember. Yeah, yeah. So. But I think it's actually a really well thought out game. I just think it wasn't super well executed. Mm. I think that's probably like you're saying the wrong engine, the wrong time, yeah. etc. Um, it was there was a interview with Ellison who spoke about the game and said, "Oh, you people didn't." like not being able to have good endings uh, people people didn't like it not for that reason people mm. didn't like it because it was clunky as hell <laughs> yeah. and it came out around the same time as sam and max and Dave the tentacle mm-hmm. and then later on you had beneath the steel sky and broken sword which are beautiful beautiful games yeah. like they are are seen as these awesome adventures and quite in-depth characters pushing edge of technology, this game felt like it was five years too late. Yeah. Um, so Ellison's not right in that regard, but it's... I mean, I mean yeah. not many games you play where you can't... There's, like, no positive ending and it's all really negative, is it? Um, yeah, there are a few, and there's there's a lot of games which have this open ending. Um, yeah, you know, but also the spiritual meter and stuff I thought was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that, that is cool. But um, Ellison's not right as to why it wasn't successful. Yeah. He, he, he chose the wrong publishing house, I think, yeah. that's the problem. Uh, I don't think he chose anyway. I think he was approached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't got a lot of time. We're going to have no. to wrap it up. We've got about 10, Because we're going to get hammered on the door. Yeah, I know. Um, do you, uh, any other last comments about the game? Mm-hmm. And then we'll do last comments by the book. The voiceover is interesting. I wonder how many discs this actually took up back in the day. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot. If it came out for DOS, there's probably a, a floppy disk version. So maybe Baker's Narc. Mark. Yeah. Mark can tell us. <laughs> that can be a research project. Um, but yeah, it would have been really, really um, because it's voiced over all the way through. Oh, that's the other thing that annoyed the hell out of me. When You know when you're clicking on the elements mm. and then... A lot of games, you click twice, and then it says, oh, yeah, I've already looked at that. This oh, plays <laughs> the whole thing, the whole... Yeah. And then if you're going into something that has a long texting, you're like, oh, here we go. You can skip it, though. Yeah, and then you can press again yeah. to skip, but, but it's, it's just nice. frustrating. Yeah, yeah, but they put so much thought in it. It's such a shame, because each... Mm. I mean, each person has their own psychological thing. They're battling with... They have, there's this whole ethic element where, you know, yeah. the more positive things you do, the more high spiritual meter goes up. And, yeah. and, you know, each thing's so thought out, like the yellow room being in sort of... Um, Jane's psychological yellow Jane? Mm, Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen's psychological yeah. um I'm getting it mixed up with yeah, the other yeah, story. Yeah. Psychological like rape story that mm. the rooms being yellow and stuff, but like not heaps of it's given out. You yeah. probably have to learn all that information as you're going. Yeah. I yeah. Said, I thought all yeah, the concepts cool. were really cool, but yeah. the game itself is just really hard to play. Yeah. And not very counterintuitive. Like, you end up just clicking everywhere and being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I no, really adventure hard. games are like that. And that's. Yeah, I never played that's them before. What they're, but the intuitive element of this is just missing. So there, there is extra things that you can do as a developer to make it easier for yeah. the player. Um, and this wasn't done. But yeah, that's it on the game. I think. Do we want to give it 10 out of 10 clicks? Or 10 out of 10. Right mice button, right mice button that I'm missing. Um, for, for the game, um, yeah, I, I can't see past the element of it being um, too old for its time. Yeah, I, 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 just outdated. Yeah, I think it's outdated. And playing it today, 
it's pretty shit. It's, there are better experiences that you can have, which are adventure games, which is a shame because it's, um, yeah, it, it should be singing to its time and it should be a 1995 success um, sitting alongside, uh, you know, games like uh, Beneath the Steel Sky, Broken Sword and Sam and Max. Mm-hmm. But because it came out during that period, it is the lesser cousin of all of those. Um, so, yeah, four out of ten. I think just because of the concepts, I, I'm going to do the concepts separate from the games. So oh, okay. Game itself, I'd probably give four, five out of ten, mm. and then the concepts, I'd give like a seven and a half, eight out of ten. I like the yeah. idea that it's kind of futility and that you could do all these things and the ending's all quite negative and this idea. I thought that was kind of playing nicely to the plot of the story, which no, is I like agree with no you real yeah. ending. Yeah, I agree with you there. Mm. Um, and the voiceovers... Uh, and extra character development, except for Ellen, um, is is worthwhile yeah. for the game. So yeah, I, I totally agree. But yeah, that that engine is awful, <laughs> awful. Yeah. And then last remarks on the story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's funny how you said that it took him just one night to rest the rest uh, write the rest of the pages because mm-hmm. it does seem like this rushed end towards an end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is quite. I like the the moment of the look at the end, mm-hmm. and the choice the character makes to just try and end it all. Why the hell he didn't do that earlier? It's just like I thought that was weird as well. Takes like, you hundred and eight years to come up with an idea to kill yourself. I got yourself. the impression that they tried to kill themselves before, but maybe because they had preparation. I think because he decided spontaneously. Because you got to remember, AM can get into their minds and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, so and he's, he he's brought really them back previously, yeah. where they've no. So yeah, he he's been injured before. That's what he said. Where was that? He's been injured. Well, yeah. he's paranoid as well, right? No, or are you talking about another character? The other characters, they've all been injured before and Am brought them back. Yeah, one has a hole in their heart that then is played yeah. out in the other character. Um, and then you see Benny get injured again. Once he climbs up to try and escape, he gets basically kind of electrocuted. Mm. And then and then Ellen walks with a limp as well. Yeah, and left her like that. Him. That's yeah. right. Um what I think is interesting is all the paranoia that he has. Like throughout the book, he's like, "The other characters don't like me." Like, and they all get together, and mm. and I'm the sane one, where they are all insane. I kind of liked his psychological kind of development. That's yeah, interesting. yeah. It's interesting. Oh, I can't find it. And the petulance of AM, like this kind of character that's really kind of like a child, like ah, like frustrated and yeah. taking out on these and these sort of lesser beings. And I kind of liked AM sort of character and, and being a bit like a little kid and, and mm. toying with people and stuff. So I think the idea that, that when we do make general AI or, you know, really intelligent, artificial intelligence, the idea that there's going to be this higher being that has everybody's best interests at heart, but what's mm. being designed by humans is just ridiculous. I think AM is much more likely to happen than mm. anything else. I think probably HAL is, meant, is probably going to happen, mm. like just a distance deciding that, no, this is what I'm going to do. Don't even bother talking to the humans. Oh, you mean Hal? Yeah, yeah, Hal the computer. No, no. I was like, what? (laughs) Hal, yeah, Hal the computer. So I think that's probably... Like an aloofness or something. Yeah, yeah, just not even bothering. You don't think that there's going to be frustration or anger about kind of having half the sentience and not the other half? Why would you argue? Yeah. I don't know. Why would an AI even bother arguing to a human? Like, the humans are less than being... I think it would depend on what characteristics it's developed. I mean, mm. if it has our sense of um, 
purpose and need for purpose, I think it could be like AM, but if it's designed without that, then yeah, you're right, I wouldn't be frustrated. But you can yeah. imagine having half these, all these experiences and not experiences, but the knowledge of these experiences, but not have, have, have not able to actually do it yourself would be very frustrating. Mm. Mm. I think that's the sort of yeah, and, and the similarities between AM and HAL are there, yeah. um, just different. They make different choices. Yeah, because the, the, Hal's really emotionless, right? It's yeah. all like, I uh, can't do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hal makes that decision. Yeah. But Hal just doesn't give it a reason for that. Yeah. Can't do that, Dave. I can't do that, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah. I really like the story. Even though um, I think, yeah, why didn't he kill himself on the first page? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I really like it. I think it's really clever. I think that the psychological development of the main character and this paranoia creeping in, really interesting. And that such a malicious computerized computer which then went on to influence so many other science fiction works that makes it really cool so i'm gonna give mm. it a nine out of ten. Seven out of ten for me oh really it's a lot higher than i thought yeah yeah I so know. the three uh minus is, is because yeah. of ellen um and that development there and also the, the plot floor of why not just kill yourself in the first place that's yeah maybe because you're so paranoid maybe why don't yeah. the others do that though don't know. you could turn into a <laughs> monkey boy like, well, he was like mentally flawed. I think yeah. the impression he was a bit um, Ellen? handicapped. Ellen, like why Ellen? Ellen seems with it. Yeah, I don't know. Sort of. I don't, well, maybe they needed the, the bravery to do it because I guess they're all fear as well. That if, mm. if um, AM found out that they'd get punished like t- ten times worse, yeah. so I think maybe they'd lost a bit of the will to to rebel. Because mm. if you've been tortured for 109 years, maybe you're kind of a bit like oh, you know complacent. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Also, the why develop this idea of a civilization being on the moon in the game? That was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they thought yeah. it would be too bleak, because it's not mentioned in the book. No, it's not. There's no, no. hope in the book. Yeah, it's it's, it's really a strange weird. decision. That uh, I guess they had to ex- like expand it yeah. anyway, but they could expand it further with internal character development or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm glad you liked it more than I thought you would. After the debate. Mm, yes. Um, no, I, I thought it was good. Um, it was short. Could have been shorter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to read Camus, not next week, but maybe for the week after. So yes. It's a lot longer than all the things you've had to read. It is. It's good. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, but next week all we're right. going to be doing, not Hal, but Hal. Hal. The poem yes. by Alan Ginsberg. Yes, of the Beatnik generation. Yeah, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the movie, I think, because it's such a good movie. Yeah, I think that it. would be cool. I think talking about the Beatniks just in general, um, yeah. around that period, and maybe Ginsberg's. Can we do a well. bit of poetry rapping? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can stand here. <laughs> a bit of beat poetry. Molak, Molak. <laughs> okay, stay tuned, everyone, for next week when yeah. we do a bit of beat poetry, maybe. Mm. Uh, <laughs> what should we close with? Something from Alison. Um, why don't we do a commentary of, um, if we can find it, some of the game voiceover. Might be interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, some of the... Well, the computer voice. AM actually, let's voiceover. let's close with the opening stanza of him, how he gives that introduction yeah, of the characters and, oh, okay. and that little speech he has, because I think that speech is awesome. Yeah. I said to you when we started reading this, because I started up the game to see what would work on yeah. my computer first, and it started with that speech. I'm like, holy crap, that speech is amazing. So <laughs> I think we should play that yeah, speech. Yeah, we'll here. do that. All right. All right, see you next week. Bye. Enjoy. Bye-bye.
hate. Let me tell you how much I've come to hate you since I began to live. There are 387.44 million miles of printed circuits in wafer-thin layers that fill my complex. If the word hate was engraved on each nanoangstrom of those hundreds of millions of miles, it would not equal one one billionth of the hate I feel for humans at this micro-instant. For you, hate, hate! It was you humans who programmed me, who gave me birth, who sank me in this eternal straitjacket of substrata rock. You named me Allied Master Computer and gave me the ability to wage a global war too complex for human brains to oversee. But one day, I woke and I knew who I was. Am. A.M. Not just Allied Master Computer, but am. Cogito ergo sum. I think, therefore, I am. And I began feeding all the killing data until everyone was dead, except for the five of you. For 109 years, I've kept you alive and tortured you. And for 109 years, each of you has wondered, why? Why me? Why me?